0: The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Well, good morning, Springs Church. Welcome to everybody here. I'm so glad that you're with us this morning. To everybody here in the room, everybody tuning in online, as always, welcome in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thanks for being here at the Springs, and if you're a visitor, I hope you'll give us a chance to tell you a little bit more about this church. I hope you'll give us a chance to get to know you. This is a church being transformed into the image of Christ so that anyone can find the way to God. And we do that primarily through three rhythms here at this church, by gathering in the name of the Father, by growing into the image of His Son, and by going in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's in that vein that I want to invite you to gather with us next Sunday as we kick off a special time here every year at the Springs, a time of Missions Month. We'll be celebrating missions for four weeks of February, as we always do. And in keeping with our theme this year of Gather Unity in Christ, our theme for Missions Month is going to be Better Together. So I hope you will Make a plan to be with us next week as we kick that off. Be with us throughout the month of February as we hear from some incredible speakers, some incredible missionaries, and as it all culminates to Mission Sunday at the end of February when we take up a collection for our involvement in the work of God's mission in the world. So I hope you'll join us next week as we kick off Better Together. But that means this morning we're finishing up a sermon series called Scattered and Gathered, the People of God. And we were in Ezekiel last week. We're going to finish up this morning in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, Now, there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages. We hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. You promise us, Lord, that when we gather together in your name, your spirit is with us. We believe and confess that. And so, Lord, we ask for that Holy Spirit to speak to us from this word in ways that change us further and further into your image. Speak to us in ways that set us on fire to spread your mission, to spread your gospel. And God, I ask you for the gift of preaching. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Every great gathering needs a strong invitation. If you're throwing a gathering, if you're throwing a party, and your invite is not good, or your communication is unclear, you're going to run into problems. For instance, there's a TV show that used to run a comedy called Nathan for You, where a comedian named Nathan Fielder poses as a kind of business expert and pitches himself to various real businesses in California and tries to give them ideas to improve their business. Of course, his ideas are usually a mixture of ingenious and horrible. And so there's one episode where he meets up with a party planner named Veronique, who has a party planning business. And what he wants to address with her is the problem of invitations. And so he pitches to her this idea. He says, you know, maybe you have a client who wants to throw a party and they want to invite people, but there's somebody they don't want to invite, but they also don't want to hurt their feelings. So he pitches to her this idea of a software where you can send email invitations, but some of them are real and others will go directly to spam, right? So these spam emails will be sent from a foreign server via this software and they'll be sent with hidden invisible words like free cash and credit report and click here that will automatically send it to the spam folder so that if someone asks them, hey, why didn't you invite me? Nathan says, You can say, I did. Did you check your spam folder? (laughs) And of course, this all culminates in Nathan throwing his own party where he's testing out the software and he sends real invites and spam invites, and nobody shows up because clearly he's not a very nice guy. But it all goes to show that a good gathering must have a clear invitation, it must have a strong invite. And what we've been learning at the Springs over the last few weeks is that if there's anything God is doing in the world, God is planning a gathering. We could say that the one thing God is ultimately doing is gathering. Right? Ephesians chapter 1 says that with all wisdom and insight, God has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him. Things in heaven and things on earth. That's God's will. Full stop. He's gathering up all things in Christ. He is planning a gathering that has already really begun, and the invitation that God has sent out to this gathering, this final gathering, is the church. The church is God's means of inviting the world into his gathering up in Christ. And some people might think, wow, the church will... That's not a very good invitation. That one's going to go directly to spam. And for some people in some places and times, that's probably been the case with some churches. So what I want us to ask this morning, Springs Church, is how can we be a strong invitation to the eternal gathering of God? How can we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, invite people into what God is doing in the world, gathering all things up in Christ? Well, the creation of that invitation, the founding of God's invite, happens in our text at Pentecost in Acts chapter two. So let's turn back to verses one and two. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. So there are several Old Testament allusions to be aware of, allusions in this text. First of all, Pentecost is... 50th that's what it means and so pentecost was a jewish holiday that happened 50 days after passover the time when god delivered his people liberated them from slavery in egypt right and at pentecost 50 days after the first passover that was when god gave the law to his people that was when at mount sinai he constituted them as his people So there's a sense in which Pentecost in Acts 2 is God reconstituting his people. It is God gathering together his people once again and teaching them, giving them the law of who they need to be, right? And there's also an illusion that goes even further back than Exodus, We hear this sound of a violent, rushing wind, and that should take us back to the first two verses of the Bible, in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. In Genesis, we have God creating, and we have the wind, the spirit, the breath, of God sweeping over the waters, creation. In Acts two, we have the wind, the spirit, the breath of God, this violent rushing wind sweeping through Jerusalem, new creation. God is doing something new, he's constituting his people to send an invitation to the ends of the earth to all nations. Remember, as Ben said in our first sermon in this series, that was God's intent was to spread, to scatter positively humankind around the world to fill the earth with his image. As it says in Genesis 1 later on, God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. God intended to spread his glory, spread his image, spread his reign around the world. But chaos entered. Sin entered in. Humanity fell. Death and disorder and despair began to creep in. And people were scattered. But at Pentecost... God says the scattering is over. He's doing something new. And he's going to do that beginning in verse 3. It says divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. So it's Pentecost, and there's Jews from every tribe, every nation, Jews who are diaspora, who've been scattered and settled around in all these different cultures and people groups and speaking different languages, and they're in Jerusalem, and they're gathered together by the Spirit, this mighty wind of God, and God is doing something very important in this moment. Because if you'll remember back in Genesis 11, there was a significant scattering that happened at the Tower of Babel, right? People were trying to make a name for themselves, trying to sinfully glorify their own name, seek their own purposes, And at the end of that story, the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Babel is this moment where humanity is scattered, and language becomes an obstacle to their cooperation. God scatters them because they've been trying to glorify themselves to seek their own purposes. But in Pentecost, God reverses the polarity. God decisively overturns Babel because in verse 6, at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. So at Babel, humanity is scattered, and language is an obstacle to harmony. At Pentecost, humanity is gathered, and language is God's means of unity. God is overturning Babel. God is inscribing through the fire of the Holy Spirit his invitation for the world to stop scattering, to stop seeking their own purposes and pride and to turn back towards his final gathering. So what does that look like? How does God invite the world to the final gathering? Continuing in verse eight, and how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language Parthians, Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages. We hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. Listen to all those places, all those peoples All those tongues, different languages, languages that affect the way that people perceive the world, languages that are beautiful in their own right, that have words for specific things in the world that other languages don't have, all of it God intends to gather. There's not a square inch of the cosmos that God does not intend to fold into his gathering eternal love. God loves that diversity of people, right? Because God is infinitely perfect. There's no one single collection of molecules that can adequately represent the perfections of God. He needs that diversity of creatures, diversity of the cosmos. As Ian McFarland says, since creatures are inherently finite, they can reflect the multitude of divine perfections only by way of multiplicity. So when God gathers us, he speaks in our own language. He speaks to our distinctness, to our individuality, to our various people groups. He doesn't paper over our differences. He celebrates our distinctness because we bespeak the multitudinous glory of God. But look once again at verse eight. And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language And in verse 11, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. Or I like the way the NIV translates it. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. So the word is translated, but the word remains the same. The content is always the wonders of God. God's mighty deeds of power. Church, have we been inviting people into God's gathering by proclaiming these deeds? Have we been opening our mouths and trusting the Spirit to speak by declaring the mighty deeds of God? Have we been declaring the deeds of salvation in our own lives? As Kendall said, have we been opening ourselves to that vulnerability Not through our power, but through our weakness and showing the world what God has done through his grace for us. That's how we invite the world. By speaking to the world in their distinctness, by opening our mouths, by opening our hands, by trusting the spirit to speak in our words and deeds the love of Christ. To meet people where they are and translate God's deeds to their hearts with his love. Our only recourse is to trust the spirit to make us fluent speakers of Christ's love. Sandy Schwab told me a story recently. She and Larry, their granddaughter is on the softball team of some of their friends in Edmond, their daughter. And their friends this family in Edmund have received into their home a refugee family from Ukraine, the Nabachenkos. And the Nabachenkos, they're a family of four. The only one of them who speaks good English is the mother, and they walked out of Ukraine on foot when the war began. And now they're living here in Edmond. And so they were all at this softball game together last summer. And our very own Heidi Inyang was also there as well, a friend of the Schwabs and a tender here at the Springs. And Heidi went to that game. And Sandy, after the game, got to introduce Heidi to Amelia Dabachenko. And Amelia is young, and she's in school now in Edmond, but as you can imagine, it's incredibly challenging to walk out of your war-torn country, come to Edmond, Oklahoma, and try to pick up life. And so the only person who really speaks Amelia's native language of Russian is her family. But Idy is Nigerian, and she also spent time going to university in Ukraine. She speaks like five languages, I'm told. She speaks Russian fluently. So Sandy said, hey, Idy, this is Amelia. I wanted to introduce you to her. And Idy knelt down and said to Amelia, hi, in Russian. And the Schwab said that her eyes were like fireworks. It was like Christmas morning. And they just began talking for 10 minutes and Amelia talked about her struggles and being in school and being held back because she doesn't know English and she's worried that they don't think she's smart and she just has these fears and anxieties and Idy said, you are smart, you're going to be okay. She talked to her about what it's like to leave your homeland and live in a different country. She spoke to the very center of her being And she shared the love of Christ. She was able to share that because she spoke her heart language. She spoke not just her heart language Russian, but she spoke to her in the language of love. She spoke to her in her distinctness, in her fears and anxieties and worries and sufferings. So the best invitation, church, that we can bring is by speaking in the language of love. Love is the language that speaks to every human being on this planet. Love is the language that they can innately understand and hear. In other words, every act of love is an invitation to be gathered by the God who is love, is an invitation to the final gathering of the God who is love. Every time we open our hearts, open our mouths, open our hands to our neighbor, We are inviting them when we share in the love of Christ to be gathered by the God who is love. That's always a faithful translation of God's wonders. That's always a faithful translation of God's mighty deeds, love. And it's the Holy Spirit who teaches us how to speak. But even when we speak fluently, Even when we speak in a way that people can understand, it won't always be received well. We see this at the end of Pentecost. At the end of our passage in verse 12, all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. Last Sunday we saw that Jesus on the cross is the moment of most extreme scattering. At the cross, Jesus faces exile and death and darkness and his friends leave him, his companions scatter. But somehow, the cross becomes this fulcrum where God switches from the scattering and changes us to the gathering, right? Because Jesus says of the cross in John 12 that I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Jesus on the cross is the center of gravity of God's gathering, right? That's where God makes the change. That's where God begins, initiates the final gathering of all things in the cosmos, And Pentecost lights that on fire. Pentecost takes that fulcrum of Jesus on the cross and it uses the church to spread it outwards to the ends of the earth. So the more that we gather around the center of gravity, Jesus, the more that we gather and get closer to each other, the louder our love speaks to the world. The more that we gather around Jesus, look like Jesus, are transformed into his image, speak by his spirit the power of love, the more the world hears the fluency of God's loving gathering. In other words, the more we look like the church at the end of Pentecost, In verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is how we are a strong invitation to the world. This is how we invite the world to the final gathering of God. We are God's invitation when the Spirit makes us fluent in Christ's love. And we learn fluency by spending time in this group, by spending time together, by teaching one another, by breaking bread, by devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, by praying, by worshiping. That's how we are transformed into his image. That's how we speak the language of love but then we turn outward. And we speak that love to the nations. We speak the fluency of the Spirit's love by opening our mouths, opening our hands, opening our hearts to the world. So church, how will we learn to speak God's love fluently? We must continue what we do week in and week out, but Pentecost can never just be an affirmation of the status quo. Pentecost has to light a new fire under us. Pentecost has to teach us how to open ourselves to see the Spirit's direction, to teach us to see new ways of love, to teach us to see new ways that we can reach out to our neighbors, new ways of meeting them where they are and showing them the mighty deeds of God's salvation. Pentecost has to open us up to speak the Spirit's love more fluently. And the way we do that is by trusting the fire of his Holy Spirit. Trusting that that Spirit is with us now, that it comes to us every day, that it comes to us yet again in Christ as we come together and worship the God who invites the earth to be gathered by him church. Let us stand and trust that there is no square inch of the cosmos that God will not draw into his fire of everlasting love. Let us stand and praise the God of Pentecost.